Carnivores. You're listening to The Bookworm on FAD, RadioInternational.com, in association with Starburst magazine. I'm your host, Ed Fortune, and I'm here with... Del! Hello! Hello, everybody. So, on today's show, we, we, we're reviewing books, because that's <laughs> the entire premise of the show. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, what we do. So, I will be reviewing Planetfall by Emma Newman, who you may know from the Tea and Jeopardy podcast. There's a plug for the Tea and Jeopardy podcast. And I will be re- uh, reading, I won't be reading, I'll be reviewing uh, Have a Nice Day, Mick Foley's autobiography. <laughs> See, that's actually the show, if you, if you tune in before this show, like several hours before the show, you'll actually get to listen to us read. <laughs> it's not Let's the best not radio, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> actually, if you if from from uh, next week onwards, if you listen in, you get to hear a lovely audio drama to, to, to warm you up uh, before we start. But, um, Anywho, um, Any <laughs> I think we should. Shall we get on with the B news? Yes. Across the world, twenty-four hours a day. Before we go any further than you, shall we mention The Missing Monkey? Yes, we should. Um, on Wednesday, uh, The Missing Monkey, which is another podcast team, are putting up uh, well this episode of their quiz, uh, and it features the, well, for want of a better word, the Bookworm B team. Uh, the team the team playing Missing Monkey on the one that will go up on Wednesday is myself, Cy Lloyd, and Russell Smith. We went along to The Missing Monkey studio and did did their their quiz um, with our kind of it's a three stage quiz you've got a general quick fire round um, with, with then if you get a question right you get a bonus question and that's split into three categories and then the second section of the quiz is you answering questions about your specialist subject I worded mine ridiculously and ended up with a ridiculous specialist subject. Um, and then the se- the last section is another kind of quick fire round again. What was your specialist subject? Um, well, I just I literally just said roll doll. No, literally just roll doll. Not not the children's stories of roll doll or anything like that. Literally, I decided that my specialist subject was just roll doll. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. This has written two autobiographies, which are very good. Yeah, yeah, but they don't tell you everything, really, at all. Um, and there's so many, so much stuff, and so many things, and all of the things. <laughs> no, he he wrote uh, the screenplay for Tragedy Bang Bang. I yeah, and um, you only live twice. James Bond. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I do know some stuff. That wasn't one of the questions, though. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, it was re- really awesome. Um, myself, Russell and Cy went along, got put in a really lovely green room. I love a green room where when you're about to sit down, um, you, you kind of get fluffy bum warnings because you're about to sit down and someone goes, oh, just so you know, that's the chair the cat normally sits in. Um, always up for that and got to meet the cat. That was nice. Um, yeah, loads of glasses, like fresh pot of tea, massive pot of coffee, very, very well looked after and had a really, really enjoyable evening kind of as 
as as I'd expected, having worked with them before. And yeah, really nice to catch up with everyone. Um, so on Wednesday, if you want to uh, listen to myself, uh, Sai and, and Russell kind of do our best geek quizzing um, and me just make a fool of myself, <laughs> um, you can go to themissingmonkey.com. They can also be found on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash BBJS Missing Monkey, or you could just search Missing Monkey on the Facebook search bar, or on Twitter they are at Doctor Missing Monkey. Uh, look for where there was a monkey isn't, uh, and, then, <laughs> and then it'll be missing. And then it'll be missing. Yeah. And then, and then nice. It. I like as well that on the website, one of the things that you can do is there is actually a submit a question button. So if you're listening and or you kind of are into to geeking and you kind of have good knowledge send them some questions because that's really cool I think the fact that you've got that little interactive element so definitely do that shall we uh, get away from self-promotion Missing Monkey is fantastic Missing Monkey is awesome Um, and I believe some of the some of our fellow fellow um, Fab Radio uh, DJs will also be on that show very soon Um, shall we get back to book news yeah so the book of shortlist is here uh, moving on. Yep. Done. That was a quick one. We don't care. Well, we we were mostly a genre book show, and they refused to acknowledge that there is a broader world of books. So um, yes, yes. The book the book of prize for boring literature uh, are books that you will get halfway through, then leave on your shelf. Yeah, but you'll probably get bought for Christmas because you like reading. Yay! Because you really, really need a retranslation of Beowulf. Actually, it's, it's, quite, it's quite good, actually. I have read the retranslation about by, by Seamuson. It's all right. He said, you know, be, being snippy, it is actually all right. Yeah. But, but that's the thing, it's, it's all right. It's all right. There's, I've, seen, I've read better yeah. takes on Beowulf since and, you know, before and since. And, you know. I didn't deserve a book of prize. Sorry, no, man. it's it's all, it's all right. But you know what? There's some fantastic genre fiction which hasn't even been considered. So, hmm. what well, that tells you millions. Exactly. Well, the fact that the book has opened up for opened for American audiences now, and you can be an American author. Um, no sign of Station Eleven. <laughs> no. Because at some point someone went, "Oh, that might be science fiction." From what I understand, because I have talked to people who have been booked the judges. There are entire judges who just discount entire subgenres, just won't read. But stuff the, on the, the, the publishers know that and start submitting stuff. Yeah, because there's no point. Absolutely, it's it's just and it, so it perpetuates. The, the, the reason yeah. the reason it's called the, the reason it's so still well well regarded and famous is because a there's people in the media who are involved in that entire clique, and also the fact that it's called the Booker, the Booker Prize for books. It's like you know, I I need to change my send them to filmy, so I can or movie maybe the movie you know, Ed's movie movie prize for movies. Anyway, I'm rambling. <laughs> um, British Library has cha- teamed up with the Chinese equivalent. I love the way that it's worded Chinese equivalent because none of us could pronounce the name of the Chinese the, the Chinese National Library. No um, chance. Do we not have like a translation of it though, or anything? Is it just called the Chinese Library? The National Library of China. Okay. The, the British Library. Um, have identified multiple areas of potential future collaboration, including British Library collection of the Shang Dynasty Oracle Bones. I uh, see it's the whole thing of because the British Library also has lots of different things that we've stolen from the rest of the world. <laughs> Acquired archaeology. Yeah, yeah. That's what museums do. Um, it's not theft if it's historic. But the, 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 
Why digitising all stuff like the Young Goldadian holdings, all the all, all these really rare kind of bits and pieces that you know, you can't actually go you can't go to the British Library and go, I'd like that book that's uh, five hundred years old. No, you you are you know, not allowed that. Can I have a copy of Gilgamesh? You can have a copy of Gilgamesh, you can't have the original. Uh, and so on. Ah, uh, Gilgamesh, the the book about uh, the sorry, the story about immortality, uh, and how immortality is futile. It's the longest lasting story of all time. I can't cope with puns this early in the day, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not a pun. A pun is if I was to turn around and no! say... No! A pun would be if Let I was to, to say, I need to complain to Amazon because I ordered four Kindles. That would be a pun. <laughs> oh, Amaze. Oh. Sun- Sunday a joke that everyone. only the British audience will get. <laughs> And only of a certain age. <laughs> if you don't get that joke, type in four candles. Four candles. We'll do. So we'll do some sort of link on social things yeah. at some point. Um, yeah, we'll explain it on social things. That'll be good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Next, next piece of news. The National Book Awards is not running in 2015. And literally, oh. all that we appear to have on it is just that people will talk about the fact they're doing exciting things in 2016. It's like people are just not willing to discuss that there's not a thing this year but by going but big thing big thing next year but this year big thing next year but but to be okay. fair this year is flying past it's already like september the end of september yeah this is ridiculous mental um but i really like the little comment on the bottom um, the national book awards is sponsored by spec savers and all spec savers have said of it is they just weren't given a date this year <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Maybe, maybe they were given a good date and couldn't read the piece of paper because they should have gone to school. Oh, and what is happening today? Is this what this show is? Yes. Did you? Did, have you just been like sneaking sugar somewhere while we've not been watching? What's I, going on? I was bitten by a radioactive dad, which is why I've been making dad jokes all day. Um, Singularity has launched that uh, British based uh, science fiction and fantasy anthology man- magazine. Um, it's got ten short, ten short stories in total. Um, singularity. It's called the Singularity because mm, yeah. singularity is an interesting, interesting thing. Because on the one hand, you're like you're implying that that's going to change everything. Mm. On the other hand, you're also implying that it's potentially a black hole that will yeah, yeah, it suck things in. Suck things in. So it's like mm, okay, interesting name, but cool sci-fi. More sci-fi name than a fantasy name. I'd expect to. Read yeah, it it definitely has sci-fi connotations straight in. Uh, but they've posted Everything Old by Andrew Wilmot, which is available for free on their website. So you might want to go and check that out to see if it's your sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that the, the the story they've put there is uh, typical of their anthologies. But there's not enough there's not enough good anthology short short story anthology and magazines out there anymore. No. Uh, I'm I'm technically a subscriber to Amazing. I say technically, I was I was given this, uh, an amazing subscription, an amazing story subscription, and yeah, never used it. The no. A few stories on it, quite liked it, and then I was just like, now you have to give us money. I was just like, yeah, not that excited. No, yeah, not exciting enough. Not exciting enough. Um, and talking of short stories, Fox Spirit books. Yay, Fox Spirit Books. <laughs> um, are asking for your respectable horror. It's not a Noah Bloody Slasher. It's not more extreme horror. 
Nope, that's boring. They've decided that they want something with martini clarity. One which is uh, subtle and, you know, polite. They want murder stories of the highest class. Uh, they're saying, think Anne Radcliffe and the Gothics, Mary Shelley, <laughs> Elizabeth Gaskell, Wilkie Collins and M.R. James for uh, with, with a touch of Shirley Jackson and Fritz Lieber for your, your horror short stories. So they're mm. looking for stuff that is generally kind of... Rather than bloody and gory. Interesting. I kind of I like I like the use of martini to to make the <laughs> the description there. Like, give us a martini. A martini is what we want. But from what I've heard, it sounds more like they want a pims. Mm. Really, they've not thought that that through properly. I don't think. I think they've they just w- gone. This is class. No. Um, no. Pims can be classy. Well then, oh no no no, Pims is classy, but I think that Pim, Pims is very classy. Whereas just saying martini, if they specified that it was a gin martini, they'd probably get what they wanted. See, they've just picked the wrong drink to make their point. Pims is actually better because they want more mashup things as well. Yep. And the thing with Pims is you can put different things in. Absolutely. So I, I was looking at it. I was thinking, you know, now that I'm more think about it, I think the story that I would like to submit if I get the time and the chance to do so would be a Pims with strawberry. Absolutely. And that sort Some of nice mint as well. Bit they, of zing. They do warn that Lovecraftian Roadhouse has already been done. <laughs> um, and indeed so it not has, that one, please. Indeed it has. It's the Black Dossier by Alan Moore. Oh. Alan! You've beaten us to it, Alan! <laughs> There's, um, you shared a link earlier, didn't you, that one of the like, HP Lovecraft's spaces is currently up for rent his little one bedroom flat his little one bedroom flat is up for uh, up for sale oh is it sale oh if if you want to live in you know in the the home of horror um there you go why why you'd want to but some people are all about that in a tiny little (laughs) flat in providence where you can go steadily mad oh um, perhaps, perhaps not the best place to. Um, also, <laughs> should should we mention Jackie Collins? I think we should. Uh, Jackie Collins has passed away. I didn't know that. You didn't. I yeah. haven't been on social media for a couple of days, really. She she <gasps> she uh, had a, a, was oh, it, a breast long cancer. fight with breast cancer. Oh, that's sad. Um, that is sad. We we were just talk, we were talking about this just as we were setting up with the show. Um, and talking about you know the fact that she wrote Hollywood Wives, these sort of this bunkbuster, I believe is the term that they yeah. used, where there's you know these these big kind of big kind of sexy exciting books that were the Fifty Shades of their time, but also yeah. better. But yeah, yeah, kind of without making that sort of comparison kind of thing. I know, yeah, we're, we're not being like old numbers, here. like and the way the world reacted to them, not the style of writing <laughs> well because there's a lot of uh, i mean uh, i'm i'm I, I was i was told to read some jilly cooper and some jackie collins years ago when i was mm. editing adult literature um many many years ago and you know i read something along that oeuvre but i can't i couldn't i couldn't tell you exactly what it is i read because it was so long ago yeah it was time um, and also they kind of blow into each other <laughs> but you know, big I think is my impression of that genre is it's kind yes. of big and it's broad and it's sexy and the women are on top yeah well because I think that was where it came from and I think, and I do think that Jackie Collins embodied that very well because Jackie Collins was always who she was um, like that with Jackie she, it wasn't 
like a in the sense that she was a brand it was just that you were always going to get Jackie Collins when whenever you booked her um and I think that came through in the books because that was the point and that was why they were created was because someone needed to make them and they kind of yeah it was yeah oh, without being like oh power I don't want to go into that sort of thing but it was that that, 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 that genre was about yeah it was it was about balance shift and that's what it did and, and also the, this is the thing we is that we we get fantasy bong bongbusters so very much so um Lockie Hamilton mm. not more her more recent stuff which is more you know how to have a polyamorous relationship which is less interesting but her, mm. her, her, her some of her, a lot of her stuff is a bongbuster but yeah. it's got vampires and goblins and fairy creatures <laughs> and all sorts of nonsense you know they're all yeah. in there um, and it's got that touch of fantasy and that's kind of cool I've never heard of and, and writing tweeting you know where we are um, I've never heard of a, a sci-fi bunkbuster I can't think of a single one <laughs> I can't think of a, an out and out sexy sci-fi book there's lots of sci-fi out there that is sexy mm. but I can't think of one that is you know and then I met this alien yeah I mean because you could kind of go for the whole that's where Fifty Shades came from because Fifty Shades came from the idea of Twilight fan fiction but obviously that's not what it is no um it would be nicer if it had come from the, the realms of Jackie Collins and, and Julie Cooper. It would yeah. certainly be more empowering. I wonder if there is like a sci-fi Mills and Boone out there somewhere. If somewhere. <coughs> if not, Someone's should, got it. If not, we should invent it. If not... Mills and Boone. Oh, I'm going to be Al is on the case. <gasps> oh, God, <laughs> Yay! If not, don't <gasps> listen, you should invent some. And then you should send it to us. Or more accurately, See, producer Al. Yeah, I was going to say, I like that you and me are still like old school radio. And it's like, let's have a conversation and maybe you could talk to us. Whereas producer Al obviously lives in the modern world and was just like, or I can just look. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say, just based off the book covers, and I am judging the books by their covers here, that this is less sci-fi with bonking aliens and more bonking in space on the Mills and Boone yeah. sci-fi romance thing. That's still sci-fi. Yeah. Bonking in space. Star Pirate Justice. I suppose there is always Chuck Tingle which is sort of sci-fi. Riesa and the Space Pirates. There's quite a bit of Space Pirates here. Awesome. Is now, it, is this, it, disappointingly is it, it has taken me to the Australian version of the Mills and Boone is website. Is it all just but hey. Serenity and Firefly like slash fiction? <laughs> Space you, pirates. You yeah, it. I mean, if if you're going to want to read something that is that is people bonking aliens in space, then I would recommend any yeah, Torchwood fla- uh, fanfic featuring Captain Jack. At a guess, at a guess, I'm surely, just guessing. Surely, Firefly, surely Firefly fanfiction is long lines of you can't take the sky from me, but you can take me now. <laughs> oh, oh <dear>. yeah. <laughs> Shall I do a book review? I think you're better. <laughs> this is Fab Radio International. Across the world, the real alternative. FabRadioInternational.com Starburst Magazine. Starburst Magazine. The world's longest running magazine of sci fi horror and fantasy. 
Get the latest news, features, interviews, and reviews from your favorite genre. Available from a newsagent near you or download to your iPad today. This is the King of Arm Bars at the Saxo Junior. My name is Kevin Steen. Hey, what's up? This is Matt Stryker. It's the psycho shooter himself, Drake Younger. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Adam Cole, and you're listening to the Sunday Falsies. The Sunday Falsies is your weekly dose of pro wrestling from the UK and all over the world. Join Craig and Gaz every Sunday, 3 till 5, right here on Fab Radio International. Enjoy and we'll see you front row. Whether you're an acoustic virtuoso or a rock god, Fab Music Store. At Fab, we buy and sell new and used kits with guitar brands like Faith, Breedlove, Lag and Westfield and Dynacord and Electrovoice sound systems. We hire sound systems from £60 and have guitars for sale from $39.99. With ukuleles, banjos and all the lights, leads, stands and mixers you can imagine. For sales, hire and service, Fab Music Store. Little Underbank, Stockport. Visit fabmusicstore.co.uk. Got something to share? Want to get your message heard? Fab Radio International can help you reach the right audience with our range of targeted advertising and sponsorship packages. Find out more by clicking the advertise link on fabradiointernational.com and get in touch today. Are you looking for a little slice of Ireland in Manchester? Then look no further than the Shamrock Bar and Grill. Our hearty, home-cooked Irish menu is served daily. We have live music every weekend. Fridays, rock and indie. Saturday, traditional Irish bands. And Sunday, the live session, hosted by Angie and our musical friends. So drop in for the crack. Taste the finest pint of Guinness in all of Manchester. And don't forget about our large covered smoking area with a wood-burning fire. You'll be sure of a warm welcome at the Shamrock Bar and Grill, 17 Bengal Street, Manchester. M46AQ or for more information go to www.shamrock-irishbar.co.uk The Gay Agenda on Fab Radio International all the offbeat chat and debate you'd expect from militant liberal gay warriors mm. UKIP donor has said that gay people are incapable of love is that so? You know what to say about homophobes. Well, yes, they're all closeted. The Gay Agenda, 9pm till 11pm, every Thursday on FabRadioInternational.com. I've been struck by lightning and electrocuted. So third time will be the charm, right? Third time I'll get my electric it's powers. struck by lightning? Yeah. Where? Where? When and where? On my head. That why you're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Listen again on Mixcloud.com forward slash Gay Agenda Radio. Fab Radio International. So, every once in a while when they're doing the show, I have to keep a straight face because we've suddenly gone completely silly. <laughs> 
to, to very very serious and yeah. we were we were just discussing Chuck Tingle which we're not we will not be reviewing no if you have access to your local library you should ask for or, or better yet just google them before you even do any of that so let's get to um, Planetfall by Emma Newman now we, we are familiar with Emma Newman's work um, we have talked about her Split World series before which is a a marvellous piece of um, sci-fi fantasy, steampunk fun um, and uh, Emma Newman has been nominated a couple of times for, for a Hugo Award for her fan cast, Tea in Jeopardy um, which, which is a great book show and you should listen to it once you've listened to every single one of our shows uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you should vote for us for the Hugo Awards and then Tea in Jeopardy, but anyway um so she's done a piece of sci-fi and she's um, the book comes out in November and I've, I've lapped this up um, I, have to, I have to be honest Emma gave this to me at Nine Worlds she was just like read All this right. I was just like okay um, <laughs> you and your famous authors yeah um, no, no, she's lovely celebrity lovely. reviewer of the stars uh, she's completely lovely and very talented so what's it about oh, it's about 300 pages long. Hey! Um, oh, oh, every time. It, 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 he has been bitten by a radioactive dad, hasn't he? Yes. <laughs> this is terrible. So it's it's a very somber. It's a very um, it's very sad science fiction. Oh, you story. set that up well. And it's very somber. It's very kind of. I'm just trying to trying to actually find like how to how to start. With yeah, this, literally with, find the words. Find the words. What we have is we have grown just to this colony of people, and slowly but surely the book very slowly reveals what's gone on. So they're they the there's this isolated colony, and they're like, there's another human, there's another person. We can see another person. That must be an illusion. That must be a mirage. There's no there's no one left. There can't be anyone left. Or it must be some sort of creature. And then they, this person comes in from from the wasteland. And they drag them in, and it turns out he's the son of one of the founders of their colony, who left a long time ago. Planet Four is about a colonization gone strange. Uh, a, a dying Earth um, set on a, a, a dying Earth, and this woman called Renata and her friends bought into this vision by a guy called Lee Sumai. Had this vision of a distant, distant world mm. with an alien, you know, an alien paradise, a different life, a different world to go to. So they they abandoned everything. They they got a, basically an Elon Musk style uh, billionaire. He's a bit of a piece of work actually. He's a he's a bit of a sleaze ball to be quite honest. <laughs> this, this 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 you know they 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 build this colony ship and they they fly out into the stars. And they find their world, and they find where they they want to be, and it's not what they were expecting, and things slowly but surely start to go wrong, and things start to go to collapse, and the book is set after they found stability, so they found a way to live, and they live in this marvelous kind of bioorganic city, where you know it it changes and shifts the way it wants to and all this and 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 mutates the way and and our main character Ren is a three D engineer, and she can just make anything. You ask her to make anything, and people do make all sorts of things. This is a wonderful gag where the she's like, 
Um, she's well aware that people will make unlicensed things, that are things they're not supposed to do, and she's supposed to be in charge of the general engineering. But she lets it go because most people just make silly things or personal <laughs> items. Um, uh, very personal items. Oh. Oh. Uh, which is why they don't ask permission, they just get them made because yeah. they, they, to save themselves the embarrassment. Does she basically run the 3D printer? She basically the 3D printer, but it's, no, it's called it's called <laughs> yeah. the 3D. It's called the colony's 3D printer. But ah. she, they, they can make anything out of it. It's not just like a piece of plastic. She can she can make like complicated devices and all sorts of you know beautifully intricate things. And she also makes the room. She she designs everyone's apartment is intricately designed. Oh wow! Um, and and that's her job. And oh. this this strange young man has come in from the from the court, and it, he's kind of the catalyst. And one of the things they discover is that he can survive out there and he can actually metabolise the food out there. And they're like, but the food has proteins that are inedible to, to, to us. Why? How? How have you survived? Mm. And they, they slowly but surely kind of, you know, find out the, the secrets of, of not only the planet, but the secrets of the city that they were living, living in. What this is, is it's social sci-fi. Yeah. It's social commentary. It's about human interaction. There is not a single character in this novel that isn't damaged, in some way. Yeah. Everyone has. Um, everyone has some. Yeah, I mean, the, the main character has severe mother issues and father issues, but there's there's a wonderful bit quite early on where her father's like, "Why are you leaving this planet? Why are you leaving this planet? You are incredibly talented. You you and the world needs more people like you." And she's like, "Oh, there's billions of people on the planet." And he's like, "Yes, but we only ever one time do we have an Einstein." Or a how Hawkins and mm. you are that level of talent. Don't leave. And she's like, "Well, I have to." And it's like, "You can't, you know, you can't be that annoyed at your mother, surely." <laughs> and it, it, you know, it's a bit more than moving out. It's a bit more than moving out, but it's you know, and oh, it's intensely. It feels really personal all the way through. Mm. All the interaction feels really personal all the way through. Um, is it a good book? Yes. Is it a great book? Yes. Is it really somber? Um really, really, really somber. I mean you've got this on the one hand on the one hand it feels like it should be a utopia. On the other hand it really isn't a utopia because of you know, what's because of the way they end up living. And it's that it's that kind of classic everyone you know, everyone's utopia is someone's dystopia. Mm. And and very much so in Planet Four you're just like I, I just can't caught myself wanting to to walk into the world and shake the characters sometimes. Yeah, it's like oh. you have all these things and you have made all these mistakes, but if you can just let go of the past, maybe you can do something in the future. And it's that sort of. I love when you get those, like those times when you're reading certain stories and there's arguments or people falling out, and you're like, just tell them this. Literally, just need to tell them what happened, and you do find yourself just getting angry at a fictional person in a fictional situation that you can ab do absolutely nothing about and that you're not actually involved in it's it's really nice being drawn into that it's good very very good and that's yeah makes me quite happy i, I mean i mean ren is a broken character they are they are they are issues with some of the characterization as well mm -hmm. um and it's, it's kind of by the time you get to be really sympathetic with the character you're just like stuff starts to get rocky and you're like okay, <laughs> okay. And, and the city itself feels creepy but that's because you're it's because of the unreliable narrator 
Okay. You see, you see the, 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 the like you're seeing it in a certain from a certain kind of like narrator bias kind of expe- yeah, kind of thing. Certain sort of perspective. It's like okay, I kind of I'd want to. I actually want to explore the Earth that this book is set in more. I want to see more about the okay. other characters. I want to see different perspectives. I actually want to see what you know. I want to read a prequel to this as well as. Or a book set in a similar one. I don't wouldn't want really want to read a sequel. I want to read something. You, you want you want another story from that from, from that, that universe, but from the other part that they're not in. So yes, Newman has done very well. Basically, she's created this wonderful. I mean, you know, that sounds condescending. Split worlds books are marvelous, but she's done really well. She's created a really strong sci-fi world. Um, it's called Planetfall. It's by Emma Newman. It is on a tour. Uh, is it on tour? I believe it is. Might be on rock. Uh, it's ROC. So yeah. Looking for the copyright page. It's an, <laughs> it's an ROC book, um, and it is out very soon. This is Fab Radio International. So when we were also at Nine Worlds, we got to talk to uh, Nit, uh, Nit Crookley, uh, who is talking about The Sea Hates a Coward. Uh, Nit is better known for his Twitter shenanigans, but let's talk to him and find out more. Uh, welcome to the Book Well, Nit Crookley. Hello there. Hi. So... Long and complicated question, but tell us about the book that you have coming out. Okay, so the, the book um, is going to be published on October the 9th, and it's called The Sea Hates a Coward. Um, it's being published by Abaddon Books, um, or Abaddon, depending on how you pronounce these things. Uh, very simply, the book is about a man who wakes up to find um, that he has been sentenced to death, uh, reanimated and sent to work as forced labour on a whaling ship on an alien ocean. It's not a great situation. Now, you have a, a very interesting path to publication. It's been an unusual one, yes. So, so what can you tell us about, about this, this journey? Uh, well, I, I, you know, like a lot of people, I've always wanted to write books but never really had a serious go at getting published at all. Um, the beginning of this year, however, I started relentlessly tweeting about my friend Daniel's birthday um, to the point where it had gone beyond a joke, beyond, beyond a joke, and become a pretty good joke. Um, so that in all, there were 75 days of tweeting about his birthday, all kicked off by a tweet in which he complained that not enough people were wishing him a happy birthday. So the tweets over these 75 days took on... Uh, the theme of a world depleted and enfeebled by constant celebration of his birthday. Um, it got quite popular. Um, BuzzFeed noticed it um, and sort of made it quite well known. And then me and Daniel were forced into a situation, really, where things couldn't be de-escalated without everything culminating in a physical party. So we had one. That made a bit of a splash as well. And, um, yeah, someone at uh, Abaddon noticed all of this and decided it might be a good idea to let me write a book. So are you still friends with Daniel now? Yeah, we had lunch the other day. He's, he's very happy to see this, is, this has come out, to, uh, out of it all. And I, I've in fact dedicated the book to him as a, as a birthday gift. 
So, so um, you had a party to, to de-escalate. Surely, how did that go? Did that go well, or did it go horribly wrong? Uh, it went wonderfully. We had uh, about 150 people, a lot of them complete strangers to us, uh, show up to a venue we'd hired in London, dressed up as clowns, uh, rebels, seriously ill leopards, and uh, some of the other recurring motifs in, in the story. Um, you'd really have to read it to work out the leopards bit. Uh, but they all showed up. We had a, a live band, we had cakes, uh, decorations... Uh, food and drinks, and people had a blast. Daniel even showed up uh, cosplaying as himself from the story um, and enjoyed what could have been a desperately weird evening for him. So do you have any plans for his next birthday? Uh, next birthday, I think uh, I, I might just treat him to dinner. <laughs> so, I'm talking about the book itself. Where does that come from and how do you find it? Um, in terms of where it comes from, now obviously it's got nothing to do with the stuff I've been doing on Twitter, but uh, I think the reason a lot of people enjoyed the birthday story is I quite enjoy uh, sort of large, uh, sort of overscaled, bleak, uh, escalating scenarios, um, you know, sort of quite OTT things, and um, I also do like doing a lot of tweets about how horrible uh, the sea and everything in it is. It's a bit of a fascination of mine. So, um, yeah, this, this book really is um, a sort of a, a really sort of OTT scaled up bit of uh, maritime horror writing. Can social media and new media coexist with the established gateways of print publishing? Um, well, it looks that way from where I'm sitting. Uh, you know, this is... Certainly the first time that Abaddon have ever recruited someone uh, purely from what they've written online. Um, I personally, I mean, you know, it's a lot of great people I follow who write wonderful things online, but never thought twice about getting published. So if they do the same thing, I'd be delighted and, yeah, can on, on, only think of it as a good thing. But then again, I would say that because that's what's happening to me. What would you describe as your own personality? My personal influences, uh, without a doubt, my favourite genre author, definitely, and probably overall, is China Mayville. Um, I think he's got an, an astonishing vocabulary uh, and imagination and, and, you know, does essentially very clever things uh, while writing about monsters. Um, you know, lo love the, obviously, um, sadly departed Ian M. Banks, um, you know, as I, I think almost anyone at this convention would. Um, Big fan of pulp as well, uh, in all, all its forms. I mean, I uh, sort of grew up reading sort of, you know, uh, White Dwarf and Warhammer 40k stuff, and I, I think, you know, uh, there can be really good writing coming from the most nerdy settings around, and sometimes that makes for the best. Why are so many genre writers also gamers in some description? Um, I suppose there's probably a conversation to be had there about escapism. Um, there's a certain type of imagination, I suppose. Um, good question. Uh, I mean, when you say gamers, do you mean like video games or sort of? Obviously, there's a lot of LARPers and things like that too. In general, but I'm thinking more role playing games and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, RPGs, uh, especially sort of LARP and things like that. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much just interactive fiction, isn't it? So it's another uh, it's another type of genre storytelling. What would you say your next big project is? Um, I've got 
another manuscript that I'd been playing around with, sort of half finished, and is in a connected setting uh, with the Sea Hates a Coward. So uh, might well dust that off and, and get going with it. I've also got an animated series coming out in November um, called MMO. Um, so it's a fun series with Warwick Davies um, uh, in, in that, working with me, which has been great fun. A uh, great old friend of mine called Josh Fortune, who's lovely animated filmmaker, and, and this is, yeah, project's sort of two years in the making, so fingers crossed for that in November. Did this come out of the, the whole trip of thing, or is it something that you were working on anyway? No, that was totally separate. Uh, Josh, um, you know, and me have always made short films, and um, we won a 48-hour sci-fi film competition a couple of years back, and uh, that was how we met Warwick, and we thought, oh, we could... Actually, we've had this idea for an animation. We could get him involved in that, and yeah, so that's just been something we've been quietly working away at. If you'd like to play in someone else's subhead, so some Marvel franchise or creative work, what would it be? Oh bloody hell, that's a good question. Um, I suppose, in a way, I can't betray my eleven-year-old self. Uh, it would have to be a Star Wars project. Um, I haven't really caught up with a lot of sort of the writing, uh, you know, around that for years and years. But with the new films coming out, uh, and I'm an optimist, I think that could be great. I mean, that would be fun, wouldn't it? That would be a lot of fun. Um, so, let's imagine that the, the world is coming to an end. Um, and you get the opportunity to save one single group um, so it can survive until the end of all time. Um, what would that be? Oh, this is the, now. The, I thought the last question was was brutal. This one's even more so. Um, uh, I'm trying to come up with a clever answer that isn't Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is entirely It's a very daft question to finish off, really. Firstly, Simpsons or Futurama? Future. Futurama, Futurama. Very high joke density. Leopards or clowns? <laughs> uh, biased on that one, but definitely uh, clowns. And finally, truth or beauty? Justice. Nick Crowley, thank you very much for you. Lovely to meet you, thank you. This is Fab Radio International. So that was a chat with Nick Faulkley, who apparently you know. Well, uh, yeah, we have a mutual friend who was very much involved in the Twitter stuff you were saying about that some people will know him from. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, well done on justice. Ooh, tricky. tricky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you've just tuned in, you're listening to the bookworm on Fab Radio International. Um Today, Ed's done a review already. I'm also reviewing today, and I'm going to be looking at um, Have a Nice Day, which is Mick Foley's autobiography. Interestingly, I'll say, I always thought it was just called Have a Nice Day, but my book is Mankind, Have a Nice Day, um, which actually is just a, a nice instruction. It sounds like, Mankind, have a nice day. Um, but actually, Mankind was um, one of Mick Foley's characters. For people who don't know the name, Mick Foley is, I'd say, one of the most famous wrestlers in the world. 
um, and I, I don't. I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm okay saying that because I genuinely. I, I think that is a justified he's the statement. Rest, he's the wrestler that you know as soon as you start to know anything about wrestling. Yeah, and I think some people know him who don't know anything about wrestling. Um, but as and I think it will be across the world because even like one of the things that you learn very quickly from this book is that Mick Foley has travelled doing wrestling and doing what he does and he still travels now um, just in kind of various guises um, Mick Foley is a very interesting man he's known for lots of things nowadays um, like nowadays I think you'd kind of think of Mick Foley as like a father, a wrestler, a best selling author, a philanthropist and a stand up comedian um, but Have a Nice Day was written in 1999 where he wasn't all of those things yet um, in 1999 he was still a wrestler Um but yeah he's he's a very interesting guy and normally when i'm reviewing a book i try and think about like what is this story but it's not a story <laughs> it's it's an autobiography but that in itself is very interesting very few wrestlers autobiographies are written by themselves um the i think m- the major companies in the industry prefer ghostwriters because ghostwriters are obviously writers and know what they're doing and what makes what I, one of the things that i was really excited to review have a nice day for is because of the fact that Mick Foley refused a ghostwriter, really stood up, really kind of held on to to his point and was like, I want to write this. And essentially, it's one of the first things he talks about in, in the book is the fact that he's like, if you don't like this... I want it to be because you don't like my, like if you don't like the words I want you to not like my words and he wants like ownership over it um, and he's he's written lots of things since as well but it's again interesting from autobiography it's over 700 pages long he wrote them all himself he wrote them all handwritten on like notepaper and he wrote it in 11 weeks Wow, which is yeah amazing. He wrote it over a three-month period where he was doing various tours and things. A lot of it was written on some long-haul flights between various places. Um, Insert joke about Jojo and Martin here. <laughs> um, see, I mean, yeah, Mick Foley. In in his own words, apart from I'm going to do that thing where I'm going to square bracket out the word I and in place the word he. Um, in 1990 he was the guy without the teeth in 1994 he became the guy without the ear in 1996 he became the guy with the leather mask and in 1998 he became the guy with the sock Um, he's had a really really interesting and varied career Um, with WWE alone he had three personas, three characters Um, he was Cactus Jack Um, he was Cactus Jack for a long time like Cactus Jack was oh, any diehard wrestling fans going to be like Cactus Jack wasn't his first wrestling character but it was the first wrestling character that he became known for there was also a little guy called Buddy Love who he created when he was very young and wasn't actually a wrestler wrestler yet um, but yeah with WWE he, he came in as Cactus Jack he then also became Mankind as well who wears a leather mask and is a little bit mental um, but also WWE found out about this character of Buddy Love and actually Buddy Love <laughs> became part of WWE there's a really famous promo that he did where all three characters were in the same promotion at the same time Wow! and that yeah it wasn't done before and that, that was amazing um, so yeah kind of com- coming back to the autobiography even if you are not a wrestling fan 
autobiography autobiographies are a really interesting way of finding out about things that you're not actually interested in because people are interesting even if you don't think the things they do are interesting and and Mick Foley I think even if you don't like wrestling or you know nothing about wrestling this is still a very accessible autobiography because Mick Foley is a very kind of accessible character um, really likeable, really lovely guy, and you find out really interesting things as well as as you'd expect. But things like the origins of where certain things come from. So Cactus Jack, um, in one of his Mick Foley's matches, um, it was against a guy called Ned Brady, and it was I think his first televised match, if I'm remembering it correctly. But essentially, he does this killer move, um, takes the guy out, pins him. And after the pin, he because for some reason he had the B-52's love shack in his head. For some reason, unbeknownst to him, he looked into the camera, put his fingers up like pistols and went bang, bang on the door, baby. And a catchphrase was born. And that's where Cactus Jack's bang, bang comes from. And he's still famous for that. Like, um, he does conventions and things all the time. And you can guarantee that because he's in his red flannel shirt, most people will want a photo of him with the guns and will probably yell bang bang into the camera um mick foley doesn't have front teeth a lot of people think well they kind of they worked in that they were like oh it's because he had a match well he didn't have a match sting basically beat him up because mick foley did have a match and then wouldn't get out of the ring (laughs) sting came on for his match and just threw him around a bit and then the next time we see mick foley he doesn't have teeth so it's always put down to like oh it's because sting like beat his teeth out of him um, actually it turns out that was because of a car crash she was in with some friends uh, which is really nice because you get a lovely anecdote when he's explaining that bit that um, when he goes to get help after the car crash because his friends aren't responding and when he comes back the paramedics are already there take one look at him and they're like we've got a bleeder and they take him to hospital but when he come, when he's like being dealt with in hospital he can hear one of his friends screaming and he's like what's going on and they're like your friend is refusing a catheter and then another one of his friends starts screaming and they're like yeah he's also refusing his catheter Mick Foley was never never offered a catheter and it just leads to the line poor little guy why didn't anyone love him <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's brilliant. And that is kind of, that is the person telling us this story. We find out a lot about the wrestling industry. Um, The big big companies in wrestling that we know about kind of from an English perspective, especially like WWE, are very careful and very close to their chest as to what they allow people to know about them. And he doesn't kind of, he's not throwing it in their face. He doesn't tell you kind of like things that it's like, oh, well, they're going to be angry. You've told me that. But you do find out and you do learn about wrestling and what it was trying to become a wrestler in the 80s as a young man and and the way things work um he's really intricate writing you get his his view on the whole like wrestling's not real is a statement that angers a lot of people but he's very good at coming at it from two sides of an argument he gets annoyed at the people who are like oh but wrestling's not even real it's like my this head wound i have and this concussion and this problem that I'm going to have forever, that's very real, just because someone's decided who's going to win a match. But from the other side, he also is telling you his anger about how certain trainers will go out of their way to try and instill into wrestlers that it is real, and the fact that they'll take people who've come for their first training session, given over money, and some of the things that he was finding out that were being done to these people just to prove to them that wrestling was real. Um, which I think if you're dealing with people who want to be wrestlers, they, they know that. And it was, so he's very, 
he's very honest and very forthright about some of the things that sicken him about an industry that he clearly really loves um really interesting guy interesting time parallels um the fact that part of his book is talking about the interest that he gets cheered even though he was a massive heel and that's something that's going on in the in the industry at the moment um a heel for people who don't know is the bad guy um and i was interested because a big part of the first section of the book is about him and why he was interested in wrestling and kind of where he's come from and I, when I was reading it, because of certain things that are in the media at the moment, I was interested if he'd write the same about it now. And I actually got my answer at Blackpool Comic Con um, last weekend. Someone asked all the wrestlers who they most revered um, or like looked looked up to, and Mick Foley's response was, "Well, I've recently had to change mine because now he's being tried for the murder of his wife." And it was like oh and they all had a little bit of a joke but i was like okay yeah so that's how he'd deal with that so maybe yeah that would be something he'd acknowledge the fact that this particular wrestler was a big part of his life and a big part of his inspiration but kind of by in his own way show like this yes it was but i'm aware this is going on and i think it was a very interesting acknowledgement he's a very interesting man it is written really well it's like a conversation which is really nice like just every now and then he'll add in what he thinks your bit of that conversation would be in brackets <laughs> that's really nice and just lovely little sentences as well like at one bit where he's like um his brother's trying to wake him up so he's like in response i muttered something so unintelligible that it didn't even have a vowel in it and went back to sleep like it's just little little nice sentences that are good um if you love wrestling and you haven't read this you should have if you love wrestling and you have read this read it again because actually compared to what's going on at the moment there's some really nice parallels in there if you don't know anything about wrestling Mick Foley's an interesting guy and you'll care about him even if you don't care about the industry also if you love le- wrestling Fab Radio International does a show called The Sunday Full Season The Sunday Full Season indeed 3 till 5 3 till 5 on Sundays yes. the Sunday Full Season <laughs> Sh- shall we get on to the next bit yeah we can do so, how do you use it by? Where, where can we get it? All it's of? it's um, mankind have a nice day uh, by Mick Foley. It's published by Harper, which is an imprint of of Harper. Oh gosh, what's it called? Harper Collins. Yeah, Harper Collins. That's what I worked to say. I'm not going to lie. If you want it, you're probably going to have to get it online um, because it's just not stocked in many shops because it is old and people don't realise how many people love wrestling. Across the world, 24 hours a day, this is Fabrio International. I've been your host, Ed Fortune, and it's goodbye from me. And I've been Del again, and it's also goodbye from me. The Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Fab, Radio International and Starburst magazine. Presented by Ed Fortune and Rebecca Derrick, produced by A.L. Johnson. <laughs>